Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Hello, welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. Today, our guest is Jen Mann. She's a mom and dot, 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 best-selling author, blogger, crafter, former real estate agent, and so much more. Our chat with Jen ran just a little bit longer than expected, so I'm going to keep this part short, but we're so excited you're here because this episode is packed with great time management tips around time blocking and Jen's important reminder to stay focused on your own path instead of thinking you need to be doing all the other things the people around you are doing. With no further ado, let's dive in. Jen Mann is the hilarious New York Times bestselling author of People I Want to Punch in the Throat, Competitive Crafters, Drop-Off Despots, and Other Suburban Scourges, as well as several anthologies and short collections, which if you're watching our YouTube, you can actually see behind me. And the most recent book in the series is Traveling with People I Want to Punch in the Throat. So I can't wait to hear more about that. And it's already a top seller on Amazon. Got that yellow flag. Good job, Jen. <laughs> uh, she lives in Canvas with their husband and two children, Gomer and is it Adolfa or Adolfa? Adolfa. And it's not a right, I mean, it's, it's a fake it's name. Anyway, name. I want to get yeah, it right. For a made up name, you can say it any way you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as we just clarified, those are not their real names. She says their real names are actually worse. And she spends her free time crafting and volunteering with the PTO. <laughs> Seriously, I love that because they probably all think that they're, you're just in there for material, aren't you? Oh, I mean, I think if you hang out with me, you just know, like so many of my friends are like, okay, this is off the record, you know, before we ever start <laughs> talking. So I think they just know that like everything is fodder. You know, what is it that, what was it that Nora Ephron said? Everything is copy. I mean, that's, that's yep, pretty much me. Exactly. So, you know, our podcast is all about encouraging moms to explore and pursue activities outside of you know, this role of just a mom. And so as our logo says, we're mom and dot, dot, dot. So we encourage women to go out in the dots, <laughs> kind of like if it was a Venn diagram, like what are all those circles that can overlap with your life as a mom? And you've got, you got a lot of circles. Three dots. Because you do real estate, right? Um, sort of, I, I, this is the first year I actually let my license expire, but my husband does it. And so I still do it like by proxy cause I'm with him all the time. So I'm always yeah. like, there was a big joke a few months ago. We had a big fight about the contract that he was interpreting the contract one way and I was interpreting another way. And I'm like, I've been selling real estate longer than you. And he was like, but I'm the one who's actually licensed right now. And I was like, well, good. Then you're the one who's going to be sued cause you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And spoiler alert, I was right. But um, yeah, so I don't really do real estate anymore, but I did for many, many years. Yes. While I was writing simultaneously. Yes. So is that something that you were doing a lot of before you started writing or was it something, how did that time fill up? Yeah. I mean, I started real estate back in um, 2002 when we got married, Mm -hmm. when my husband and I got married and we didn't have kids yet. And, but we had moved from New York city back to Kansas city where I'm from originally. And I have a lot of family here. And so real estate was sort of a good balance. We thought that it would be a good job for like a mom to have because you can set your own schedule and, you know, it's commission-based. So you work when you want to work. And it was a good job for me for many, many years. And so I did real estate full-time 
for the next, oh, nine years. And then in 2011, I started writing, but I would still sell real estate full time. Uh, I would say probably around 2016 was when I started doing more like 50-50. Like I started spending, because I used to stay up late at night and write. I would sell real estate all day, hang out with my kids, hang out with my husband, put everybody to bed (laughs) and then write tomorrow's blog post, you know, into the night. And after a while I was getting too old for that. (laughs) So it's like, okay, I got to sleep at some point. So I started letting real estate go a little bit more, a little bit more. And then it was like 50-50. And then I think a couple of years ago, it was, you know, 80, 20, I was doing very little, you know, I'd maybe sell one or two houses every year. And, and my husband was doing the bulk of it. And then this year it was time for the, for my license to be renewed. And I have to take, you have to take a continuing ed every year. Oh yeah. And I was in the midst of writing a book and I really did not want to spend 15 hours trying to hold on to this damn license. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) So, So I just, so I left real estate at that point. Yeah. Well, and you are a prolific writer too. So, I mean, it makes sense that that time got filled up. So, I mean, yeah. you kind of touched on a question I had for you is that not only are you prolific and you cover a lot of genres and you are a mom and you do other things, you volunteer, do you intentionally structure your time to make that all happen? Or is it just however it gets done? Like, what, do you, what does your day look like? Yeah, so I do. Actually, I don't know if I don't know if you have this book on your shelf back there, but I have a book called How I Frickin' Did It. Yeah. And um and I kind of break that down. Real estate actually taught me this. Before real estate, I'd had kind of like a normal office job where I was given duties and you know, I worked nine to five, five o'clock came, I clocked out, I went home, whatever wasn't done got done tomorrow. But with real estate, you're very much an independent contractor. And if you're not working, you're not getting paid. So they really taught me a lot about time blocking and how to say like, okay, so for this hour, you're going to just answer emails. And then for this hour, you're just going to prospect. And I have carried that over into my day-to-day writing world too, because I do, I, I blog, I have social media, I publish books, I write books, I'm traditionally published, I'm self-published. And so it's like, I, and so I live and die by calendars, spreadsheets, and I'm usually working backwards. I usually have like a deadline that I want to make. And then I work backwards and figure out, okay, so what do I need to accomplish every day to get to that deadline? And then I time block my day. And I, you know, and it's weird, like when my kids were little, you know, I started this when my kids were like four and six, three and five, something like that. And like I said before, you know, I would work into the night. I would put everybody to bed and I'd stay up at night and I would work. And then as I had more things to do and I needed more time, I would work all the time. I'd work like seven days a week. But now that my kids are teenagers or 14 and 16, like now I really try not to work on the weekends. I really try to take those weekends out because I think teenagers, I'm learning, they actually need a lot more parenting than the little kids did. (laughs) And they need a lot more time. And whether they realize it or not, they need time with me and I need to be with them. And so uh, that's the new equation is figuring out how I can get everything. You know, I used to have seven days a week and now I have five days a week and trying to figure out how how to work that in. So I time block them too. (laughs) That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So was there any point there when you were just a hundred percent, just not just stay at home mom, but what inspired a lot of this, the group and now the podcast was this point that I hit and that I know Missy hit when we were a hundred percent stay at home mom, just the kids. And it was this identity crisis that came with that. (laughs) Did you ever experience any of that or 
No, I think I had a different though kind of identity crisis because I actually didn't fit into either group because I'd been selling real estate for two years before my son was born. And then when he was born, he was born prematurely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and we had not really, I don't know, my husband and I, we really did not think about what we would do with him, I think. Like we didn't realize like, oh, we should probably think about daycare or something, you know? <laughs> and I don't know what, we were not very bright. And so, and he had a full-time job outside of the house at that point. He was a pharmaceutical sales rep. So he was out yeah. in the field all day. And then I'm home with this kid and I'm like, uh, what are we supposed to do with this baby? And he's kind of fragile and, you know, he's underweight and he needs special care. And so my husband, he's also like this like tech guru. So he was like, I tell you what, he's like, we're going to get you. Like, that was the first time I ever knew you could have like Wi-Fi in your house. And, you know, and so he hooked me up with all this stuff. Like we joked that like my laptop weighed as much as my baby and I would carry both around the house. And, and so I learned how to work from home. And so then I would never go into my real estate office. So then I totally felt left out of that world. I'd go wheeling in with my baby in a stroller and, you know, and I remember I wheeled in one day and my boss, he was a new boss and I hadn't even met him yet. And I'm still in like maternity pants and stuff. And I'm wheeling this baby in and he was like, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm one of your top producers. I'm here to drop off some contracts, you know, like, I'm like, it's nap time, but I got to get things done. And, but then like, then I try to go, I, I tried to schedule him. I still remember every Thursday, every Thursday we went to kinder music. And so, you know, it's sort of like those, those weird memes were like, you know, hello, fellow teenage kids. Like, that's how I felt like walking to those groups. I'm like, hello, fellow stay at home moms. And they're like, no. You're not one of us. You're not one of us. You know, so I never really fit like felt like I fit into either group. So that's kind of where I had my identity crisis, I think. And and that's a lot of what drove me to start blogging was because I was so lonely and kind of didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I fit in anywhere. That is really yeah. That's a different kind of isolation. Yeah. Now, even though I talk about stay-at-home moms a lot, my brother is a stay-at-home dad. Whoa. I think that that is also a unique situation. Yes. We'll probably end up covering eventually because I, I can't speak to that. That's such a unique little sliver of the stay at home population or even the parenting population. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yes, but thank goodness for those weekly meetings. Uh, That was literally my only connection with like Jimboree. Yeah, one hour a week. I mean, if it ever got canceled or if I couldn't do it or if the baby tried to nap through it, I mean, I had times when I would just be in the parking lot crying, like, you know, because the baby had a blowout and we had to leave early. I'm like, but that's my one day of this week that I got to do something. You're one hour. Yeah. Yeah. One hour. One hour of the week. Yeah. And it's precious. It's just precious. Well, and for me, what like to me was, was like my quality time with my baby where I was like, oh, look at me. I'm giving him a hundred percent because there was like a meme I saw the other day that I actually shared because I was going to send it to my son because it talked about how this woman said something that her son didn't have an imaginary friend. He had imaginary coworkers. And, <laughs> and I was like, that was my kid. Like, you know, we'd give him like old cell phones to play with. And he'd be like, is it closed? Is it closed? You know, I'm like, oh man. I was like, we got to get him out of here. You know, like, we need some friends. Oh my God. We should do a coffee table book of the things that our kids used to say when they had play telephones because it just yeah. says so much about their parents. Yes. Like, if my they daughter was ever given a play telephone, she would always say, We're almost there. We're running late. <laughs> Oh, I never used my phone back when she was that age. I mean, we had phones back when she was that age. So yeah, it was always, we're on our way. 
<laughs> we're running late yeah we are we're running late I still have books in boxes from when we moved a couple months ago so this is the I still just want to pee alone but the original was I just want to pee alone so what how old were your kids when this was happening so I just want to pee alone they would have been that would have been 2012 they would have been six and four four six. and six yeah so, so in the thick of it yeah. And then now, yeah, that one just came out in 2020 and that one's, I just want to hang out with you. And that one was actually, that one, you know, it's funny because with those anthologies, I always think like you've been part of my anthology, Suzanne. So, you know, it's like herding cats, you know, it's like, like, you know, you have like 35 writers and writers are very sensitive people. And so they're always like, you know, you know, the night before the book is supposed to come out, they're like, I hate my essay and I want to redo it. And you're like, you're beautiful. It's fine. And, <laughs> and so it's like giving birth, like every time. So every time when I'm done, I'm like, oh, never again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm beat. And then I'll come up with another idea. And I'm like, oh, we can do that though. And so I really thought I was done. I was like, oh, I'm really, no, this time I'm really done. And then like a few months ago, my daughter was like, you always just want to hang out with me. And I was like, oh, I do. And I was like, I used to want to pee alone. And now, I, you know, now I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. Anyone want to come? Like, you know? And so she came up with that title and I thought, yeah, that's, we could do that. So we quickly put that one out in 2020, I think spring of 2020. Yeah, that was a fun one. And it really is because I think I, our kids are very similar age. And so, well, I've kind of followed your path just because when I was started blogging and started writing, I literally went and got the, I just want to pee alone book. And I was like, okay, those 35 people on the back, I need to go and, and, you know, get to know them, follow their stuff. And, you know, the Kimbron journals of the world. And so I've literally been following you, but also following the kind of the same path with our kids and this, this change in parenting that happens between, you know, when they totally need you to when they don't totally need you, but kind of like what you were saying, they almost need you more in different ways when they're teenagers. In different ways. Age. Definitely. You know, and I think that's the thing too, is that my audience is aged with me too. So, yeah. you know, they all found me with the elf on the shelf, most of them. And when we all had little kids and now we're all like, you know, none of us are through that. And now we're all just sort of like, what is TikTok? Like I remember a couple of years ago, people were like, what the hell is TikTok? Like, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, what is happening? And now my, my son told me today, he's like, I'm, he's like, I, I told him, I was like, Hey, I got on TikTok. And he's like, Oh, great. And he's like, it's all just Karen's now just dancing. I'm like, yeah, I know all my friends are on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so We're funny in this yeah. I love it like do you watch the bread making TikTok I love it you know? so so now he's leaving I don't know where he's going but I'll find him <laughs> <laughs> is he leaving like are the kids leaving TikTok have we chased them off they've I guess there's like alternate TikToks like and oh. so they're all in the alt TikToks now where you know oh. they see what they want to see but I think that's just an algorithm. Like, I think they're right. just too stupid to understand that that's what's really happening. You right. know, they're like, no, yeah, I mean, my feed is very different than my son's feed for 100%. sure. I, oh, yeah. You don't see the same things. Mm-mm. And he thinks he's in some sort of alternate TikTok. And I'm like, no, you're just, they just know you. Like, they figured you're out your, who you 16 are. 16-year-old TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. You've been profiled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, totally on TikTok. Yeah. They know your data. So now seeing all the successes and all the amazing things that you're doing, especially like when I originally started following you, I could not imagine that you had a doubt in yourself in the world, but I've got to imagine that there's some times that you encounter that Missy and I talked about on the last episode, this imposter syndrome, this fear Mm -hmm. of like, 
should I even bother? Is anybody going to want to read this? Is anybody, or whatever the thing is that you're trying to accomplish in your life, you feel like 10 other people have already done it better. So why even try kind of right. thing? Do you, does that ever happen to the great gen man? Great gen, stop. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think at the beginning I was too stupid to feel um, inferior. Like my whole story is I started blogging just like as an escape from my life because like I said before, I didn't fit in. I didn't really know what was going on. I was overwhelmed with everything and I started blogging. And within a few months of starting my blog, I wrote a viral post about the Elf on the Shelf. And I was suddenly like catapulted into this, you know, newfound career that I could go after. And so I was definitely scared that night that I went viral that a million people read my one post, but I was more upset because I was like, it's not even my best. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so much funnier. (laughs) So I was having like, like reverse, like, like, you know, and then I started writing and I was so oblivious because I really never followed other blogs and I didn't know other bloggers. And so I didn't even know that other people were writing about the same things I was writing about, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what's so interesting about the, about the internet is that we're all just talking about the same things. It's just our own different experiences of it or our own mm-hmm. outlook on it or whatever. You know, I just want to pee alone is not an original thought. It's just how we thought about it, you know, and what we had to say about it. And so So I didn't really feel it until much later on, like when I started becoming like more aware of the rest of the world around me, oh God, what does make me so special? What does make me think that anybody (laughs) wants to hear about this shit? And I would say though, this year, 2020 was the hardest. I've written a new book that's coming out from Random House. It'll be out in 2022. And it's a different path from people I want to punch in the throat. I'm very confident with people I want to punch in the throat. I'm very confident with that. I'm very confident that, you know, I can tell you a funny story. If you don't like it, we just have different senses of humor and you should move on, you know, kind of thing. But with this, I wrote a book called Midlife Bites and it's all about my midlife crisis, which is sort of the next step in our, in our great, in our great (laughs) aging world here as we go along, you know, like, you know, we started out wanting to be alone and now we're like hot lashes and, (laughs) you know, and this is more of a self-help book and, I felt very much like a fraud all the time. I was like, what the f- do I know? Like, I'm not anybody. And my editor had to keep coming back and saying, everyone's going through this. We just want to know what you're going through, how Jen is dealing with it. What does Jen think of all this? And I'm like, who cares what Jen thinks of it? And she was like, people care. And I'm like, ah, I hope so. So it took me a year to write. I've never taken so long to write a book in my life. And it took me a year to write. I lost sleep over it. Like it's, oh. I'm very, like I'm, I'm happy with it now, but it has gone through probably six rewrites at this point because it would almost be due. And then I'd have this idea of a different way I wanted to go with it. And I'd like, and I'd email my editor. I'm like, hang on a second, but it's <laughs> going to be better. I promise. You know? She was like, go for it. So, so now um, we don't want any spoiler alerts, but did you come to any grand answers? I mean, cause I think that's a lot what our listeners, whether it's this crisis of, you know, starting to stay at home or a midlife crisis, I think the emotions that you go through and just this process think, of sorting it all out are kind yeah. of similar. Well, and I think for me, what it came down to was I realized that I saw patterns in my life that this has kind of happened to me before. Mm. And it's interesting you ask about the um, imposter syndrome, because a lot of what it boils down to for me personally is I forget who I am. 
and I forget, like, I'll forget who I am and what I'm good at and what I want to accomplish and what I want to do. And I'll start worrying about what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm usually pretty good to just put on blinders and do what I do best and stay in my lane and do my thing. Right. And, but when I start to kind of worry about what everybody else is doing and I start to compare myself to everybody else, that's when goes sideways. And so the great epiphany was kind of get back in your damn lane, you know, like, and I think the thing too, the embrace the good part of aging, the good part of aging, you know, I have always been a person that doesn't really give a freak. I'm trying to make it sound to believe You me. can cuss. It's okay. Okay. I'm a person who doesn't give a but as I get older, we all kind of reach that point and I'm reaching it even like more so than usual. And so I think that's the other thing is that, you know, I have a chapter in there about, you know, nobody cares, nobody cares what you do because they really don't. They're so focused on themselves and everyone's so worried what everybody else thinks. And it's like, nobody cares. They all just focus on you and what you do best and what makes you happy. And, um, yeah. So that's kind of, that was kind of what I learned was that I just had to remind myself and get back to who I am. And we all have our strengths, figure out what your strength is and, and go to that. Yeah, I think that's a challenge that so many of us face is that we've forgotten who we are. We don't know how to figure out who we are. And you're lost in this just muddled place. And Mm -hmm. that if you can just laser focus, like I wrote down when you said, I forget who I am. Yeah, I think that soundbite is the soundbite of this episode so far, because (laughs) you're right. If you know who you are, you just go out and do your thing. There's no new story in the world. Mm -mm. They've all been told. Everything has happened before to somebody, but it's your take on it. And that's why it matters. Right. Well, and that's the thing, because I said something about this the other day to a friend and she said, well, how do I know who I am? And I was like, and, you know, and I've known her for a long time. So it was easy for me to point out to her. I was like, you know, you're a badass business owner. You are, you know, you, you volunteer with kids who need help. Like, you know, all these things, you know, you're a great mom, you do these. And she was like, oh yeah. And I'm like, And so focus on those things. And when you focus on those things, everything else will work out for you because you're doing what you do best. So I think that's, that's the main takeaway for me was just to kind of get back into what I do and not worry about what everybody expects from me or what I'm worried about. You know, that was the other thing is we all worry about the future. You know, this is something I tell my daughter the other day, you know, I'm one who like, I, I don't live too much in the past, but you know, we all have those cringy moments where we wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, God, I can't believe I did that. You know? And like, nobody remembers that except for you. And like 1987. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like you want to like call someone out and be like, Hey, so, you know, remember in 1982, like you went in for a handshake and I hugged, like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like super awkward of me to do that. And they'll be like, oh God, cause this isn't awkward that you're calling me about this. And then I, I still think her, about the time 20 years ago that I introduced myself as my husband. Like I said, his name, <laughs> not mine. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and See? I, probably nobody remembers that, but it wakes me up on occasion. Yes. Still. Yes. I'm going to start and addressing so- my emails to your husband's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I told her, and then we all worry about the future. Like we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know. We have well, no, especially sure. right now, we have no clue what's going to happen in the future. And so I'm like, no. all you can control is what's happening right this moment and what you are doing in this moment. And if you do that, you'll be a much happier person. That's some good advice. That's very good <laughs> advice. 
One of the things we were talking about on our last episode too, is this idea of this confetti time that moms get stuck with. So basically, you know, you have five minutes in between naps or you've got like 10 minutes here. So it's never enough time to like do anything, do anything. that feels like truly valuable. And so mm -hmm. you get in this bad habit of just filling that with nothing. Do you, mm -hmm. do you have any good habits as far? It sounds like you're someone who uses every minute or doesn't, <laughs> doesn't waste a lot of time. So how did you never get in that habit where you're just always too busy to have that confetti time to waste? Well, I think that was the other thing I kind of learned writing this midlife book was that I don't have, I, I had gotten away from having fun. Like I'd gotten so wrapped up in my work and, and deadlines and, you know, putting out content. So that while my iron is hot and I don't want to lose my audience and, you know, all this nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so now I do to, you know, my husband's not very thrilled with it, but I'm like, I found a group that I go to happy hour with, you know, and before the pandemic, we were going to happy hour once a week. And I was like, Oh, it's happy hour time. I got to go. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. You know, enjoy. And he was like, but is it, and he's very good for like, is it for work? Like, are you getting us clients? Are you selling books? I'm like, nope, I'm just going to have some fun. I'm going to have a drink and I'm going to tell some stories and laugh and we're going to have a great time. And he was like, I don't get it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so I think that's the other thing is like figuring out, you know, we all have one hour and, you know, cause I can't tell you how many times I see it more from writers that will write to me and they'll be like, how do you find the time to do this? I'm like, keep track of how much Netflix and TikTok you watch, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you there's an hour in there somewhere <laughs> that you can find and, you know, and then make that your priority. Because my whole thing is I had to explain to my family. I'm like, if I'm happy, then you're happy. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's trickle down economics. <laughs> like, if I, you know, like if I'm doing well, then we're all doing well because you don't want mom to be crazy, do you? And so whether it's like, I have a group called midlife fights and I use them a lot for content when I was writing the book and I had asked them like, what is something that is like a no, like it's, it's a no go. Like I have to do it. And you know, and there were tons of women that were just like, I run every morning or I, you know, I do yoga every day, like whatever it is. And they're like, and my family knows it's one hour and don't mess with me for that hour. And I think boundaries are important because how many husbands ask us if they can have an hour to go do something? We're the only ones that feel guilty. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yep. <laughs> we're the only ones that are like, Hey, I was just like during when we were really locked down tight and we couldn't go anywhere. I would text my husband and I'm like, I'm going for a drive for an hour. I need to scream and cry. I'll be back. And he was just like, cool, have a good time. <laughs> and I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't want me here to do that. And, and I think that's the thing is like, if we tell them, if we tell our partners sort of what we need you know, they want to help us, but we just have to be more, more clear about what we need and what our boundaries are. Yeah. And, and not I, apologize I for having those needs and boundaries. Yeah. It took me, my kids are 14 and 11. Mm -hmm. And so they've been able to read for a really long time, but it was only <laughs> this year that I've created a sign to put on my door that says I'm working. Do not come in here mm -hmm. because a simple closed door without a sign it's not, not enough. Not enough. There's no such thing as a mm -mm. boundary that like that. But once I put the sign up, everybody does respect that boundary and nobody thinks it's weird. I apologized for it at first. And the whole family said, why? That's your time. We didn't know you needed it yeah. well, because they're not going to think of that on their own. Well, that's it. You know, again, I mean, I keep referring to memes because that's how I communicate. It's a love language <laughs> that I have, but you know, I saw yeah, it is. Uh, but I saw one the other day where it was something about, and I wish I could give credit because I don't know who these people are, but they're, they're, they're great 
I'm just jealous because I can't write a meme, but it was something about, you know, you moms are so great. You do it, everything. And they're like, well, actually I, I could use some help. No, you're so strong. You're so tough, you know, but really I could use some help. <laughs> and I was like, I identify with that. Yes. <laughs> and I think especially now with the pandemic going on, so much has fallen to us. I don't know. You know, I haven't seen one. I haven't had one male reader complain to me yet that he's overwhelmed doing virtual ed with his kids. Whereas I have mm -hmm. dozens of emails from women complaining about that. So I think, and I finally had to tell my husband, I was like, Hey, I'm going to need you to pitch in with this stuff. And then we got a puppy too, which he really was excited about. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> we need you to walk the dog too. <laughs> oh, I feel like I talked to you forever about this. We're getting to the real heart and the meat. And you know what? We'll have to bring you back when Midlife I think so. comes out. Please do. Because I think that is going to be really the heart of a lot of the discussions that we have. And and not only putting that sign up on the door for your spouse or your kids to read, but I need, I'm the one who needs to make the sign for myself. Mm -hmm. My husband used to, before, when we could leave the house, he would physically put me in the car, be like, go take your laptop, go to Starbucks, mm -hmm. go. And I, I almost need that someone, an outside force to forcibly tell me to go, go do, go do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I do want to hear more about, because you just had a book come out last week. Like I said, you're prolific. You got I them did. coming. So it's traveling with people I want to punch in the throat. So what are I the highlights have, people can look I don't have to? a copy to hold up. I was ever to send you guys right yet. I'll send it to you. My shipment has been delayed with everything going on with the burning of the world. And so yeah. <laughs> they're still not here yet. I, understand. So I still haven't even smelled it yet, but I heard it smells good, but I haven't <laughs> seen it yet in my hot little hand. But yes, yeah, so I've put out traveling with people with a punch in the throat on January 5th, the day before the coup, which was probably not the best day to launch a book. I didn't really, if I know, I mean, I guess I did know the coup was coming, but I didn't think it was really coming. So I didn't yeah. think about it when I launched the book. So it's been a little interesting to try to, you know, hey, everybody, I know the world is burning, but if you'd like to buy a book, I'm available to sign it for you. <laughs> so. Well, it is a good time for a distraction. I would encourage people who just need a break from watching CNN and such that it's, yeah. it is nice to balance it out with. There it is. Go. Yeah, we did the same thunder. thing with the podcast. We sort of soft launched the morning yeah. of the coup. <laughs> that was timing. Perfect timing. We're a real yeah. super soft lodge. Yeah. <laughs> so who are the people you're traveling with? Um, it's a lot of stories from, you know, just my whole thing is just stories about myself and my family and my experiences. So it's from childhood on up. I'm a big traveler. Well, it used to be before I had kids, but I was a pretty big traveler and I went abroad for uh, school programs and things like that. And so I had some crazy wild experiences with that. And then I have a few, a couple years ago, I released a book called Working With People I Want to Punch in the Throat, this one. <laughs> and I went on like, I went on like a weird book tour for that book. I came to Austin. We did it. Yes. Yes. I remember. And, and so I did this whole thing where I would, my readers could like, um, my readers would host me someplace and then I would come there and I think we did a pizzeria, right? Yep. We went to Christian Shaw's pizzeria. <laughs> there it was. See, I was going to say, like, I've been in pizzerias, I've been in bars, libraries, people's front yard. I mean, it was a very crazy tour and I was out there for two years. COVID stopped it. I would have still been, I had all, 2020 was all booked and ready to go, but then um, COVID kind of put the halt on that. I went out in March was the last time I went out was March right before that. 
but so I do have a couple of stories from that because like I was heckled at one event and what? Um, yeah. You were heckled at your own event? Yeah. It's pretty, it was wild. <laughs> so, but, it was, but when I called home that night, cause I was kind of upset about it. When I called home, my husband's like, well, now you've arrived. Like you have yeah. your first heckler. So oh always, it's always good to flip the switch and, you know, look at the perspective from a different side. But okay. yeah. And is that story in the book? It is in the book. Okay. Yes. So we're going to just tease that one. Cause I, yeah, that's something I'm sure people would want to hear more about. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so it's just been kind of just a bunch of stories about all of our travels. There's like, you know, my honeymoon was kind of a disaster. Like just, I realized that, you know, we've had a lot of, there was a, we went to Hawaii and there was a shark attack at a beach when we were there. So we've just had some crazy stuff happen to us. Okay. Now, Jen, we can cut this out if it's going to get you in trouble with your husband, but I still remember from that time that we were drinking at the blog, you, you're, you were talking about the rental cars that your husband gets you. And like it, it had practically that. roll hand manual roll down windows. <laughs> that was Baltimore. Oh, I should have written about that. Yes. Yes. So like when I travel, he always like he books my hotel and my rental car because, you know, God forbid I stayed anything more than a two star and he'll rent these cars for me and he'll be like, well, you're by yourself. So, you know, you just have like, you know, your books or whatever. So he'll rent me these little tiny, um, I think I was in like a Yaris or something for that <laughs> conference. Like, and I was in the parking garage and he'll, he'll rent me these little tiny cars that I swear are like motored, you know, they're powered by like a gerbil or something. <laughs> and and you put, and it's dark because you know you're in the garage, and so it's dark inside. And I pull up, and you know you have to show your license and everything to to get out of the garage. And the woman's kind of standing there, and she's real irritated me. There's a line behind me, and I'm sort of like, and I can't figure out how to put the window down. And I'm like, and I keep hitting the only button I can see, which is locking and unlocking the door. So I'm like, I don't, I don't. and I was like, and then I'm like banging on the window, and I'm like, help, you know. And so finally, like I look down and I see a crank, like who makes cars like this anymore? There was a crank. There was a little crank window. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I cranked it oh, and my arm doesn't do this impressed. anymore. She was not impressed with me. Cause I was like, it cranked. Like the window cranked. And she was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I, no, <laughs> I didn't even think, A, first of all, that they even made cars that you could manually roll down anymore. And I'm just wondering, like if I left my kids in like my 1972 Chevy Nova that I used to drive, mm-hmm which you had to lock and unlock by, you know, yeah. pressing something Pushing down. Yeah. And you had to roll down the windows. I, I think they might get trapped in there. I think they might starve. <laughs> well, I just, and this was not like, I mean, because I looked it up because I had to know. I was like, I had like pulled the manual out. I mean, that car was only like a year old at that point. And that was what, maybe five years ago. So <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, we're not talking like 1990, you know, or something. I know somebody that, as little as probably five to 10 years ago, somewhere in there, special ordered a car with the crank. Like they special ordered it with as few technological advances as possible. So I know somewhere on an assembly line, they do still do that. Well, I shared the picture because I couldn't believe it. And I, when I put the picture up on social media, I couldn't believe how many people chimed in with a lot of American made cars that were brand new that they're like, it was part of the higher level package. And, and they're like, I didn't want to spend the higher level package. So I have the crank and I, and these are like $40,000 cars though. I mean, we're not talking like, you know, a Yaris. And so I was like, what? So I guess they are still out there. I'm just spoiled with my, you know, swagger wagon, the minivan, you know, wouldn't know what to do with the crank window. So. Well, the first (laughs) car I bought, which was a brand new Honda Civic 
what year was that like 92 and it didn't have a passenger side rear view mirror oh like how is that an option first of all shame on me for being too cheap to pay the extra 150 for a rear view mirror but shame on honda for making that an option that should just just price it higher and don't let us choose so hey do you want to do part of our closing segment with us do you have time for that sure what do we do we we it's really super formalized yeah (laughs) we we don't know if this is going to be the name that sticks with it i think i decided this past week that i don't like the name you don't like the name yeah but i haven't come up with anything better so i mean we're we're rolling with it okay well it had some nice alliteration too this it does look listen learn what's it called look (laughs) the look on your face look loose what what Look, look, listen, learn. Learn. Look, listen, listen, learn. Okay. learn. So it's stuff that you're either reading or watching or listening to podcasts or music you like or something that you've learned the week. And you don't have to do one of each of these. It's okay, just okay. basically what, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically what's your favorite thing that you're looking at, listening to, or learning this week? We're learning about this week. Um, I think my favorite thing, actually, so the favorite thing I've been looking at this week, I, I've had a hard time sort of reading lately. I can't read. I can't concentrate on a book these days, and my brain is kind of fried. So I've been scrolling through Instagram mindlessly, but I stumbled onto uh, the National Geographic website or page, I should say, on, uh-huh. on Instagram. And I'm not a big animal person, but I do enjoy looking at the animals. It calms me. And so I just keep scrolling through and I'm like, whales, walruses. <laughs> you know? Oh, that so, sounds lovely. Like, you know how some people like like puppy, you know, they're always like drop a puppy picture because I'm, you know, well, I have a puppy and he stresses me out. So now yes. I'm just like, whales <laughs> seem nice. Like maybe we could get a whale. Whales time. never cause me any trouble or peed on my sofa. <laughs> right. right. Whales don't ask me for more food. What did I do? I got something else that wants to be fed. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so that was the National Geographic Instagram account. I like mm-hmm. that. What have you been doing, Missy? Um, well, I actually yesterday read Jen's middle grade fiction book Ooh. and I love it. So it's, I'm holding up a picture on my phone because I have it on my Kindle. I don't know if we can see that. That's yeah, terrible. I see anyway, that. My Lame Life, Queen of the Misfits. I'm glad um, you mentioned that. My daughter read that. and I, So yeah, I read it because I, I have a middle grade reader and know a lot of people with middle grade readers. And so I thought I should check it out and recommend it. It is so cute. I love Plum. I love Thank her you. mother. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Her mom's great. So I've been reading that. And do you want me to do all mine or take turns? What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, like, no, do you want I me to go through my whole look, listen, learn? <laughs> we can just choose one of the L's. You don't have to okay. do all the L's. Okay. All right. There you go. I mean, what have I been listening to? Um, oh, you know what? It's kind of my equivalent of the National Geographic thing is the Smartless podcast. Ooh. Have you guys listened to this? Uh It is Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett, and it's called Smartless. And they just bring in, one of them brings in a guest, and the other two don't know who it's going to be. And I mean, they're like serious guests. Like the one I was just listening to today was Brian Cranston, who just Uh seems like the most wonderful human. The guy from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but and so even though it's this silly and they're usually just making fun of each other and calling each other bad names but they they get 
they get you right here in the heart sometimes too. So I highly recommend it. Well, you had me right. with Jason Bateman, so you know. I'll oh do yeah. I'll do anything. He, I'll watch anything he does or listen to anything he does. Exactly. Yeah. How many people our age do you think at some point were imaginarily married to Jason Bateman? Like you did. Like he was an imaginary boyfriend for a long yeah. time. Oh, mine in when I was little was Ralph Macchio. Oh, <laughs> you know, are you watching Cobra Kai? No. That's the other that okay, here's my watch. Here's my <laughs> this is my other look, okay? So going back to raising teenagers. So my daughter is pretty good to hang out with me, but my son really, he's 16, he thinks I'm weird, all these things. A couple months ago, he was like, Hey mom, I have this show I've been watching. And I think you should watch it with me. And I was like, what is it? Ooh. And he's like, Cobra Kai. And I was like, what? I don't understand. So it's a reboot of Karate Kid with Ralph Macho as a 45-year-old dude. And then it's Billy, like the bad guy, the blonde, you know? Yes. And he's in it. It is horrible. Okay. It's like, I'll just <laughs> tell you right now. It is horrible. Like their karate moves are this slow. They're like, you know, like when they're like 45 year old dudes, like fighting, they're like, come at me, bro. And they, I mean, it is terrible, but my son and I watch it together and we enjoy it. And then the other thing we watch together, which is completely inappropriate. And you have to be a really super cool mom. Like me, if you're going to do it, is big mouth, um, big mouth oh, is an animated, great. it's animated. Yes. Oh, you need a lot of like, you need to just fix your face before you start because it's so much sex talk and like gross sex talk, like, and, but yet real like sex talk. Mm -hmm. and, and it's called and big mouth, big mouth. Yes. And you just fix your face and you know, you have some really good talks with them. If you can get through it, I've had a few parents that are just like, I love it. It's awesome. I imagine watching it with my own mother and I want to die inside, but like, I'm that <laughs> cool mom. And so you watch it, but it's, um, it's a good one. I think in this whole season, the third season was all about like mental health, which I thought was really good too. Cause they talked a yeah. lot about, you know, what feels normal and what doesn't feel normal and what to do about it. And, and so, and because it's all animated, it's, you don't mind when pubic hair sing and things like that. You're just like, Oh, that's normal. Of course they do. <laughs> so those are my two weird things. If you want to connect to your teenage son, uh, and if you loved Ra Ralph Macchio, then Cobra Kai and maybe a side of Big Mouth if you can handle it. <laughs> but Ralph, he's really, he's not a good not actor. I think those two to go together. No, no, Missy, he's not. He's, I just, like Mark no. and I watched a good chunk of it. And I had to quit at some point in the second season. I was like, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. But I couldn't get over what a terrible actor Ralph is. It's super painful i mean the whole plot where it's like i mean how many schools really have like karate gangs roving around fighting each other <laughs> they're like oh that's the cool dojo you know you don't want to mess with those guys you know? <laughs> it's a reach it's a bit of a reach yeah. yeah i don't know both my kids did karate for quite a while but i don't think it ever made its way into their school day oh no. well it's too bad because if you if you're from the right dojo you could be prom king so <laughs> yeah. you know our dojo was just in the basketball court at our gym, <laughs> <laughs> which actually I say that, but the, the instructors, which are not called instructors, they are called sensei. 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 sensei? Well, at least um, in Cobra Kai they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they were the like coaches. If their particular style of karate would have been the one that got picked for the Olympics when they started doing Olympic karate stuff, they were going to be the coaches. 
Oh, so you did have the cool dojo. So it was, I mean, we yeah. could have, if we were going to have a karate gang, I would want them leading it. Um, <laughs> but just location wise, it was on a basketball court at the gym, which I got to say worked out pretty well for me in the sense that if I wanted to work out, which I never did, they were in karate for probably combined six years. And I oh, think wow. I worked out maybe two days of those six years worth of lessons because <laughs> there's a cafe in the gym too. So you can just go sit at the cafe mm-hmm. while the kids are in karate. It's so. a good time to get writing done. Yeah, you would think, but no, I just scroll social media. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have like 20 books on my bookshelf and I have zero. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we're getting to the bottom of why I'm not um, publishing a book. This is why my <laughs> husband has written six books and has a 70-hour-a-week job. That is, I mean, time. that is super crazy. He Every time I turn around, he's putting out another one. And yeah. he hasn't quit his full-time job, has he? Yeah. He's got like, he's like a VP of a huge ad agency and he's just whipping out. But I think he just wrote another one. And I don't ever hear about it because he just kind of does it. He goes, he's disciplined. And it's not like he's an absent husband or father. I mean, he just, he goes into work a half hour early and, and he does it's it. No, my family knows. They hear all about it. I'm like, mom's on a deadline. Don't come near me. <laughs> You're on your own. Chicken nuggets and fish sticks. You can make them yourself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to teach my son how to turn on the, he can microwave. I'm not sure how I feel about him with the gas stove. So. No, you get them the air fryer. Get them the air fryer and they can cook everything they need in there. I thought air fryer was like a crock pot. Like you could only do something if you're cooking it for three hours. Oh no, it's like 15 minutes. Like, and you buy all that frozen stuff and they just throw it all in there and they just, they can heat up everything in in the air fryer. Okay. Well now something else to research. I just learned (laughs) you something, Suzanne, in your LLL series here. Just (laughs) learned you. I feel like we have looked and listened and now we've all learned a little something too. There we go. (laughs) You can't drop the name now. You just, you're going to just lean into it. We'll just call it the la la la. (laughs) La 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 la. (laughs) See, it's grown on me. (laughs) Okay. Is there anything we did not cover? I'm so glad you brought up that book for middle grade mamas because I, I almost forgot it. Well, and the second book, the second book in my life, that's what I'm working on in 2021. Yeah. I'm going to be writing. I'm working on that. It's, it needs some work, but it's, it's being written right now. It's being, it's, it's, uh, written is a strong word. It's it's being (laughs) contemplated heavily, (laughs) but that's, it's finally time. I finally got everything else off the to-do list because that poor book just kept getting pushed lower and lower on the list. Now, why, why do you think that is though? Um, it's economics. That book does not sell. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that one was a labor of love. That one was written for my daughter and her friends and they really like it. And, and honestly, you know, I get the most probably positive mail about that book. I get a lot of mail about my other books, but I get the most positive mail about that one. But I just, it just didn't sell. My audience is not middle grade kids. And that their moms did a pretty decent job buying it for them, but they only can reach so many of them. And so um, it just, it just didn't make sense financially to work on it yet while I had other books that could be sold. So, but now I have this lull and I want to get it done and then hopefully take it to a traditional publisher and get, get it out there. So it'll be in bookstores where kids can find it because a lot of kids are not on Amazon or iBooks looking for books. So Mm -mm. what you do is you get on the TikTok. Hey kids! <laughs> you got to get on the alternate TikTok though. That's right. I got to get on a book talk. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. And I feel like we could do a whole separate episode. I want to hear more about the hate letters too. Who's, who takes the time? I should do a whole book of just like horrible letters I've received. Like that yeah. would be kind of funny actually. Or like those to... comedians that read their like the bad tweets, like just do yeah. a YouTube channel where you just read your hate mail. I know I should do that. I was going to say, I used to say I was going to read like my one star, my one star reviews. I do actually use them as marketing tools because I write humor. Like the one stars are funny. And yeah. so like, if I want to sell some books, I do put up like I'll copy and paste like a one star review. And I'm like, Hey, you guys, Bill thinks I suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, because they're usually pretty funny. Like didn't read it, hated it. One star. I'm like, you didn't even read it. You didn't read it. Those people are the worst. <laughs> Or, I think you know, barely laughed. <laughs> like what's inside of you that says, I need to go send hateful information to someone. Like I get leaving a glowing review or telling someone that the service was good or whatever it is, but what is inside of you that you're going to sit down and write hate mail to someone? Just, yeah. Just move just on move people. I almost take them over the people who just leave things that don't make any sense though. Like people who will give yeah. a five-star review on a bike because they were pleasantly surprised that the tires were inflated when it arrived. I'm right. like, no, I want to know how the bike works. Not the, you know, or, you know, they give it a zero star because, you know, the shipping was delayed. I'm like, no, that is not a review of the bike. That's what I do too. I share this too because I have several five-star reviews where it's always like five stars arrived on time in good shape. I'm like, well, thank God for that. Because that could have been close, you know. It could have upset my whole review. I'm like, well, stars if you hadn't got it on time. That would never be a review of me because I don't arrive on time and I'm not in good shape right now. So zero star. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Okay. So we covered all that. Yeah. But anything else Thank we you. can pimp out for you, Jen? <laughs> no, I think we're good. I think we pimped pretty hard. I think we're good. I think we're we'll good pimp shape. some more on social media. You know me. I enjoy a good pimp. So <laughs> Be ready for a big bump in your sales in about four months when people start actually listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll look forward to it. I'll be like, this is it. This is it. We're just waiting for it. Well, we have kept you for your you're promised a lot of time. I appreciate you giving us all this time out of your day. Yes. Thank, oh, you. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's always fun to hang out. We're doing the wave. Yeah, we wave. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and our guest, Jen Mann, today on Mom and Dot Dot Dot. We're going to have links to Jen's website and socials in our show notes so you can go follow her everywhere and buy all of her books. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. You can also join us over on Facebook and Instagram. So if you're looking for links of all the places you can follow us, those are all on our website, momandpodcast.com with the and spelled out. We look forward to seeing you here next week. Until then, go on out there and make those ellipses count.